get started. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, as, as you can tell, I'm not Doug. That's kind of loud, isn't it? Maybe if we, we got a good sound man up there, he'll take care of it. So Doug asked me to fill in tonight, and uh, I, I hope he watches this later because I'm going to pick on him. I don't know if you have Facebook, and Doug's out of town. I think Doug's at church camp, maybe. Is that right? Do I? Oh, at a meeting. Okay. All right. Well, yesterday, Doug was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And you know I'm a Bama fan. And Doug went on a tour of the football facility and got his picture made with Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner, Will Anderson, future Heisman Trophy winner, I think. Long story short, the next time Doug asked me to fill in for him, I'm going to find out where he's going first. Because I'd like to went with him on that trip. So I hope he's watching. But I am thankful uh, to be able to teach. And it's good to see everyone. Uh, before we get started, we'll have prayer. But uh, before we do that, are there any that we need to mention that we need to pray for? Who else? It'll be mild, and uh, that's what we can pray for. But yes, ma'am, thank you. Do what? Yeah. Then those for the kids at camp. We uh, we got a pretty good group over there, I think. So. All right. Anybody else? Missionaries. Wesley King, Wesson King, okay, okay, yes ma'am, the, the second person, did we mention the second person, yeah, Her son, I'm sorry, her son had surgery, uh, doing well, but we need to remember him. All right, let's have a word of prayer and we will begin our class. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight very thankful that we can be here together. We're very thankful for the day that you've blessed us with and all the blessings that we receive from you each day. Father, we want to remember these that we've mentioned tonight. Lift them up to you. We pray for the, uh, the Green family and their loss. And I would just ask you to please comfort them. Help us, Father, to be encouragers, to be comforters, to reach out. 
pray for uh, Brenda's son having surgery that, uh, or they had surgery, everything's going well there, and just ask your blessings. We want to remember our missionaries that we mentioned. Um, just ask you to give them strength as they're in difficult situations at times, and uh, just pray your blessings on them. We're thankful for their courage. Thankful for their example. Uh, Father, we, we mentioned several others that we need to remember and just ask you to be with each of these. Uh, I may not remember or call them by name, but uh, you know their needs and we just ask you to be with them. We ask you to be with those with uh, COVID, battling COVID, and as it's picking back up, we just ask that it'll be mild and that uh, we can go on with our normal lives. There's so many here that maybe we didn't mention that have asked for our prayers or uh, maybe others that are hurting or going through difficult times. We just ask you to be with them. Fathers, we go into our lesson tonight. We pray that um, you would help us to focus and focus on your word and what you want from us. We pray that we could put the things of the world off just for a little while. I ask you to be with me as we present this lesson uh, that, that I could say the things that need to be said. And I pray for everyone here. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, Doug, also another story, kind of a funny story, I guess. He, he sent me notes. He reached out and he said he'd send me notes on Joseph. We we're going to talk about Joseph tonight. And he put that in the mail. We were out of town um, playing ball. And he put that in the mail last week, and I got home, and there was no notes from Doug in the mailbox. So I thought, well, you know, it, it'd probably come in a day or two. It never showed up. And then we realized that the mail carrier put it in my in-law's mailbox and not mine. So I didn't have notes on Joseph. So what I decided to do tonight was to teach. Uh, we've been teaching the life of Christ in the youth class out here on Wednesday. And I wanted to teach a lesson that we did a few weeks ago that, I don't know, I just I really liked the lesson. It meant a lot to me. I got a lot out of it. And I wanted to share that with you tonight. It's a lesson you've heard a lot of times. And uh, what we're going to be talking about is when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That's really an amazing story. The miracle that happened, all that's amazing. But there, we're going to dig a little deeper, and there's some other things um, we're going to talk about that really, for me, impacted me. But if you will, turn in your Bibles to John 11. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> John chapter 11. Now, I've already given you a hint, okay? So I'm going to ask you a quiz. Can anybody tell me, um, can anybody quote John 11.35? Now, don't cheat. Do this off your memory. Two words. Jesus wept. Now, the youth group didn't, didn't have, they didn't do quite as good, and I'm not knocking them for that. Uh, when I asked them, what is John 11.35, they didn't really know, so I'm thankful we had some people here that knew that. But when I asked them, what's the shortest verse in the Bible? They knew that one. Some of them did. Jesus wept. I remember when I was a kid, uh, my dad kind of bragging to my mom that he had taught me a Bible verse. And y'all have all probably 
joked about this too, and she was so glad. Oh, good, what'd you learn? I said, Jesus wept. And she laughed. And you know, we, we hear that verse, and we may make a joke about it, uh, being a short verse, that I remember this Bible verse, I did my memory work. And I've never put the thought into that two-word verse until after studying, and I won't really bring that out, how important and impactful that those two words meant to Jesus and His ministry and what that means for us. So we're going to dig into it, and we're not just going to study that verse. We're going to read uh, from John 11, verse 1 through 53. That's a lot to read, I get it. <clears throat> but I want us to read this story, and I'll read that for us. And uh, if you'll follow along. And we're going to cover just kind of the important topics, bring out a few things and discuss that tonight. And hopefully uh, we can get through with all this. I know it's a lengthy reading. But we're going to start in verse 1. But... This, this miracle, this event was very important in Christ's ministry um, because we can see some things that, that he did. And by the way, I want to mention this. One thing we're trying to teach the youth is not just the story about Jesus. I mean, yes, we're telling those stories, but we're trying to dig into it and see how Jesus interacted with people because he's the best example for us to live, right? God's son. And we study his example, but we're trying to look at how he interacted with others, how he loved others, how he showed compassion. That's the thing we want them to see, is how he treated others and how we're supposed to treat people. So, do I say it one more time? This was his special friend. Yeah. He did. Yeah, and that's, it's interesting you bring it up, and we'll talk about that in just a minute, how important these people were to him. Um, and, some, and there's a little humor in this, too, by the way. And you think, well, how can somebody die, and how can this story be humorous? And we'll get to that in just a minute. But it's a very important time for his ministry. And by the way, at this point, before this, Jesus would go in and teach, and people would get upset, and they'd threaten to stone him. And it was kind of a... It wasn't really a plan to kill him. It just happened. People get mad and they gnash their teeth and do all this stuff. At this point, after this happens, there's a plan to kill Jesus. And this is later in his ministry, um, not long before his crucifixion. So we're going to dig into it. Again, it's a, a climactic event in, in his ministry and his life. And uh, here we go. Let's start in verse 1. Now I'm going to read a lot. It's going, I'm going to go through, uh, I'm going to start in verse 1. I'm going to read through verse 16, if you'll follow with me. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, 
Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of, this, of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So we're going to start right there. We're, going to, we're just going to bring out, we're not going to cover every verse, so we're just going to come talk about some main points. But in verse 1 through 3, we're told of the characters of this story. And I don't mean fictional characters. These are real characters. These are people who live on this earth who knew Jesus. Um, I would ask you, but I think it's a simple question. The, the characters here, we have Mary, we have Martha, and we had Lazarus. Now, um, Explain their relationship. Anybody catch that? Sisters and a brother. So it's a family, siblings, uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And um, if you go down to verse 5, and we looked at that, and Luther mentioned this a while ago, Jesus loved his family. Um, let me look at that. I got my notes here. Verse 5, it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. That stood out to me. Luther, you, you hit the nail on the head with it, but you know, Jesus loves everybody, right? I mean, He died for everybody. He loves us. He loves all of us. But here it specifically mentions He loves this family. And, and for me, I think we can all understand when you read this, this is a, a special love. This is a love He would have for His friends or a family that He treated them. He felt like this was His family or His friends, His earthly family. So we can understand that love, you know, the love you have for your family or the love you have for your close friends. And so maybe that helped us understand this miracle just a little bit more. Um, in verse 4, he said, This illness does not lead to death. When he said that, and by the way, I'm just going to call out a few points here. But when he said that, that seems a little confusing. Think, now, it's not to us because we have the whole story. But if you're in this situation, this illness does not lead to death. And then he mentions he's falling asleep later. And the disciples, they didn't understand that. They said, well, if he's asleep, why, he'll wake up, you know. Why do we, we don't need to go to Jerusalem where you were nearly killed. He'll wake up. And then he explains it a little bit more. I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. So here was the one, too, I thought was interesting. I want to ask you this. Look there at verse 6. There in verse 6, it says, When he heard Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer. So Mary and Martha had sent messengers to Jesus. They didn't go there themselves. They sent messengers. And when Jesus found out about it, he waited two, two more days. Now I want you all to think about that. And I don't mean no disrespect to Jesus. I'm trying to, for us to think about it how would we react? Why do you think he stayed two days longer? Do I? 
Okay, John said he's using this for an example to the people. Brenda? Okay, he let him die so he'd be glorified later on, and that's certainly the case. He, he was glorified, and he, he talks about that. Anybody else got any thoughts? Okay, he waited that long. Later on, we're going to find out he'd been, when Jesus got there, it was four days. You know, and I don't know that I have the answer for this, why he stayed two days longer. But I think about it in my human brain. Um, it's small and i got a lot of space around it. But I think, you know, if somebody came to me and said, we need your help really bad, would you wait two more days? We wouldn't probably. But we didn't understand like, like he did. You know, um, Jesus knew the reason for this miracle and he knew um, the outcome of it. He wasn't concerned, was he? He knew. So, again, I don't know that I have the exact answer for that. Um, verse 5 tells us he loved him. Um, and, and a lot of people will say, well, it's to make sure he was dead. The point is, Jesus knew he'd be dead either way, whenever he got there. So, I think that's the best way I can explain that. But we know that he was to be glorified, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, and the fact that he waited longer maybe gets to your point, okay, that everybody would know he's really dead. You know, if he got there the same day, well, maybe they said he wasn't dead, he was just in a coma or something. You know, so possibly that could be. No matter the reason, we knew, we know that that God had a plan and a purpose. And he was going to use this purpose to glorify him. So we'll go down to verse 8. Um, this was interesting too. If you go there, verse 8, the disciples seeing their concern for him. Uh, it said, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again? If you go back in the chapter before that, at the end of that, there, there was a situation, and, and they were going to kill him. And he kind of got out of that situation. Why do you think they were concerned? They'd been with him. And they knew his strength and his power and that he's God's son. Why do you think they're concerned? Would you be concerned if you're with him? Yeah. Sue said probably. I agree with you. If I'm with a man and we went into a town and they picked up stones to kill me, I don't want to go back there, do you? But here's the fact with Jesus. Again, he knew. And his, 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 his response, he says, There are not twelve hours in the day. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. What do you think that means? What's your thoughts on that? It's a little tough to understand, I'll admit. Yeah, that's it. I think we make that a little harder to understand. Yeah, he wasn't saying, well, we'll walk by the day and we'll hide at night. That's not his point, was it? He knew that I'm walking with God. God, it's God's time. It's not the Jews' time to determine when I die. It's his time when I die. He will determine that time, and he had faith in God. He had faith in his Father. 
Um, and so he was walking in the light. He was walking with God. No, they didn't understand. Much like I didn't. I'll admit. Yes, I believe so. Joan asked, does that mean that these people that are trying to kill him weren't walking in the light? And then my answer, I believe so. I think that's what he meant. Yes, ma'am, he did. He said, I'm glad I wasn't with him. For their sake. Verses 12 through 16. Again, we see that confusion that we've been talking about with the disciples. They didn't understand. They didn't understand why he was going. They didn't understand that he meant Lazarus had really died. They didn't understand the purpose. Uh, they were confused. Again, much like I would be or maybe we would be in this situation. Um, they didn't understand the purpose of Lazarus' illness. And then we see what Thomas said. He said, what did Thomas say? Anybody want to see, read that there in verse 16? I move around too much. Brant's going to be mad at me up there. What did Thomas say? Let's go so we can die too. That stood out to me. I think that's an amazing statement for him to make. You know, that shows his faith at that time in Jesus. And then later on, what do we know about Thomas? He doubted later, didn't he? Yeah. That is noteworthy. We, we should bring that up. Again, I, I'm not throwing Thomas under the bus here. I think he was full of faith while he was with Jesus. And the fact that Jesus told him, and he saw all these events and these miracles and all the disciples, and the fact they saw this and lived with him, and then yet Jesus said, hey, I'll, I'll return. And he didn't believe, much like maybe I would be. You know, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that. So really interesting introduction to this miracle, this story. Um, a lot of good points to talk about. Really interesting, really fun to talk about. Good, good lessons in there for us. Uh, again, we see Jesus' interaction with his disciples and how he's trying to teach them. And his teaching, got, he kind of stepped it up on his teaching toward the end of his ministry where he's, he's really, you know, he's going to leave them. And he wants to leave them well equipped. And it's really neat to see how he interacted with them and the teachings, um, the things that he taught them during this time. So I'm going to read for us again, verse 17 through 27. And I don't have as much to talk about here, but I do want to read it. Verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mary, or excuse me, had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, 
But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Remember her faith there. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into this world. So just a couple things to mention, the two major important statements here, these great statements that Jesus makes. First he said in 25 and 26, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, he shall live. Uh, that I am statement we hear Jesus make. I am the resurrection and the life. And by the way, that's what really upsets these Sadducees here who are about to try to kill him, or plot to kill him, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. And Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Something for us to remember, I know I'm in a room full of a lot of strong people, strong faith, good people. And I know we believe that, but I want us just to remind everybody this statement, that Jesus is the resurrection, He is the life, and if we believe in Him, we shall live. And yes, we understand there are other steps we take in our salvation. But at first, we have to believe, right? That's the first thing. It's a really uh, important statement we should remember. And then you see in verse 27, this confession that Mary made. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into this world. What does that remind you of? Do what? The eunuch said that? Okay. In Yep, who else? I didn't think about that. Thank you. Who else said it? Who else said, I believe you're the Christ? Peter said it, yeah. A very important statement, a very important topic uh, that we study and talk about a lot when Peter made that confession um, and Christ said, um, blessed him for it, and, and uh, I wouldn't say brag on him, blessed him for saying that. So here, a similar statement that we see, something we've heard similar that we've heard. It's really all I want to bring out in that section. I want to get to my favorite part, verses 28 through 44. Starting in verse 28. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in this place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were, uh, who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. We heard that already once. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit 
and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? So here we see kind of the, the subject of tonight. Verse 35. Jesus wept. And by the way, before I get there, I want to say, see what Mary, by the way, you could tell they were close, right? Did you see what Mary and Martha said to Jesus? Yeah, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And I don't know the tone of their voice. I doubt they were real mad at him, but I kind of think how I would say it. If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. But it seems like maybe they weren't, they didn't have that negative attitude because it shows their faith in Jesus. They knew who he was. They confessed it. Um, in case I forget, I want to say this too. Over and over and over, when Jesus performed miracles, it was because of the faith of the sick people. It was because of the faith of their friends. You remember the one, the, the, the person was lame, they lowered him down? Y'all remember that? And you remember what he talked about? He said, what faith? The people that would come to him, the woman that touched him to be healed. And he talked about their faith. Almost every miracle, and I didn't go back and read through this, and, and I know some of you studied these parables and miracles and I didn't go back and look, but almost every occasion that I recall, he talks about their faith. Or some subject or point is brought up about their faith in Jesus, that he was the Son of God. They had faith that he could heal. And it's really neat to see it here because of the faith of Mary and Martha. Also, and I'll get to this point in just a minute, but his compassion. We're going to talk about that. Verse 35 says, Jesus wept. Talks about how he was troubled. Why do you think Jesus wept? Because he loved them. I heard that. Yeah. He loved them. Sue said he loved them. Anybody else got any ideas or thoughts? He had compassion. He did. He loved them. The Pharisees, by the way, thought it was because he had love for Lazarus, and he did. That wasn't necessarily the case here. He did love Lazarus, and that's why he went. He loved Mary and Martha. But it wasn't just that he loved Lazarus. He was moved, he was troubled, and he saw them in their weeping and in their troubled times for me personally, I, I can't tell you exactly why he cried, why he wept. But I like to think it was because he loved them and it was because he had compassion. Yes. Luther said Romans 12 tells us to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. That should be our attitude. It should be. I hope it is. I think about last week, Ken's lesson, 
and the people up front that came forward. And the big line of people waiting to hug them. Because we love each other. Because we have compassion. When we, when we hurt, you think people hear how we hurt and people reach out to help us. Because they love us. That's the example that Jesus wants us to see here. Jesus wept, not because he was tired of doing all this earthly stuff, but he wept because he had compassion. And he shows that over and over and over through his ministry. Every time that he healed somebody, every time that he performed a miracle, he talks about their faith and it shows his compassion. And that's the message. That's it. Jesus wept. I never thought about it. How important that is for us. And how those two words sum up his ministry and what he wants from us. Yeah. And I had that in these notes too, by the way. The word troubled used there is used to show when he was angry or other difficult times. So I'm glad you brought it up. And that could be the case, certainly too. Could it be that he's tired of people's lack of faith or, you know, that a lot of things that he knew and understand but they didn't understand and get. So that, that could be part of it. Personally, I like to think in this scenario, seeing that they were weeping and to me it, it does seem more that way that he had that compassion and love. But yeah, you're not... Of course, by any means. Yeah, you're on it. Um, God loves us. Simple as that. God loves us so much, He sent His Son. His Son loves us, so He wouldn't have gone through it. We need to remember that, that when we have difficult times, that He sympathizes with our weakness. And I'm weak. I need that. I'm thankful for it. When we go through these hard times and trying times, and James talked about going through trials and rejoicing even when we go through them. And that can be difficult. I understand what I'm saying, but the point that I just want to drive home is how much they love us, how much he loves us, and how much uh, we know that, but it's just a reminder for us tonight. I hope we'll remember this, that Jesus wept. We're about out of time. I just want to get down to a couple more points. Um, remember that compassion and, and how he reacted with these people. He says there in verse 43, he goes up to the tomb. They showed him, and he'd been dead four days. Now, I'm going to be a little cruel right here. Death brings decay, and we understand that. A little gross story to help you understand I got a Rottweiler, and he's very large, and he's a big baby, 
and I love him. But he also likes to hunt armadillos. Can't tell you why, just armadillos. Now, he'd get, catch a rabbit if he could, but he can't. He's slow, got a bad hip. But he catches armadillos. And about once or twice a month, sometimes more, I'll have to go out in the yard and haul the armadillo off. Now, I'm a husband and a dad. When I see the armadillo dead, I don't get right on the task sometimes. I have to wait for Becca and the kids to fuss at me. But after about two or three days, and the kids are playing outside, and it's 100 and whatever degrees, those armadillos don't smell pleasant. And I would not advise looking at one close up after that hot weather. And I know this is a gross story, but it stinks after about two or three days. First day, not so bad. Two or three days, really bad. And it's an armadillo. My point is, I think you see the point. Jesus, or excuse me, Mary and Martha said, well, he's been in the tomb four days. There's going to be an odor. Now, we would say, now it's going to stink. Jesus said, verse 43, Lazarus, come out in a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. Picture that event. Lazarus, it said he's bound and, and wrapped in these linen strips. And I joked with a youth group the other night. He couldn't see anything. His hands were bound, and he's probably walking like this. And I know it's kind of funny. I was trying to be funny with him, but it's likely how it was. Lazarus gets up and comes out after four days, and he was stinking. Picture that event. Yeah, he did. And it shows that prayer, too, if you'll study that, that when he prayed and he said, God, I thank you for hearing me. And then he goes on to say, God, I know you hear me, but I said that so the other people would believe. That was neat. He knew God heard him, but he said, God, thank you for hearing me. Thank you for being with me and on my side. And then he performs this miracle. And by the way, this wasn't the first time he had raised somebody, but it's an important one because John spends so much time talking about it. Amazing, amazing story. We're, we're really about out of time. The, the rest of the chapter, verses 45 through 53, or that, that passage there, talks about um, the, the council getting together and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the high priest. And at this point, they make a plan that they're going to kill Jesus. Before all those attempts were just in the heat of the moment kind of attempts, but at this point, They've made their mind up that they're going to kill Jesus. That's that transition that we were talking about in his ministry. This changes things. So again, it's, uh, this is all we have, and I'll, I'll close with this. This was, uh, again, a, a very important, climactic part of his ministry and his life. There's a lot of lessons, and just to remind you of these, remember the, the courage that Jesus had to go to, back to Jerusalem because he knew God was with him. We need to have that courage. Um, the, the fact that we can trust God and know he's going to take care of us. Again, Jesus is the resurrection. If you believe on him, you won't die spiritually. And remember, again, that compassion that Jesus had for us and that, that he loved us so much. And, and we, we are to look at that example and hope we'll remember that example and we're to act like that even when we're frustrated and angry, as Jonathan brought out.
He was frustrated here. And Jonathan, I'm glad you brought that out. But he still had compassion. And he still loved him. And again, you think about those who witnessed the miracle. It goes on to talk about some who believed and some didn't. And it's the same case today. Um, those who witnessed that miracle, they had a choice. They had a choice. And Ken talked about it last Sunday, how all of us have a choice. And I hope we don't spoil or waste that choice. So hopefully later, if there's anybody here that, that, that needs to make a change or needs to... Um, as for prayers, I hope you won't waste that time or that opportunity. Let's, uh, let's close in prayer and we will wait on the devotional. Our Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for this time we've had together. We thank you that we could be here with one another. I'm so thankful for this congregation and how everyone loves each other. I pray you'll help us be better examples and show compassion and love for others. Thank you for your son. Thank you for his example. We ask all this in his name. Amen.
unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my So uh, I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight, this midweek Bible study. A few announcements, and then we'll uh, uh, be uh, led in song by uh, Brother a a a uh, Anthony Acock. And then uh, at the close, uh, uh, Cameron Jumper will close us out in prayer. Uh, the announcements that we've got this week is uh, please remember Nada Bullock in your prayers. She's now at home on hospice, and visitors are welcome. Uh, need to make an address change for her as well. Uh, that address change is 304 Molly Beth Cove. That's here in Boonville. I will leave this on the visitor's stand after um, 
services. So if you didn't get that, you can get it then. Uh, Catherine Floyd will also now welcome visitors, but she is at Landmark. Uh, Joe Green, the brother of Buster Green, uh, passed away this moment uh, this morning, and uh, arrangements will be announced later. later. Uh, the food pantry item for this week is mac and cheese. Our bus will return from Maywood this Saturday around noon, so see Chris Beard if you need more information about this. Also, if you have not paid your camp fees for the summer, please do so uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, this coming Sunday, remember, is our fifth Sunday con contribution, and uh, it will go toward our capital improvements. Uh, finally, uh, a reminder of the uh, teachers meeting that's coming up this Sunday at 3.30 in the annex. All teachers uh, are requested to attend. And uh, also, if you need to pick up a bulletin from any of the doors, or you can view the bulletin on the website or by email. And if you would like that email and you're not getting it, just please call the office and uh, give that information to Ms. Jimmy and she'll gladly add you to that email uh, list. So uh, without further ado, we'll uh, turn it over to Anthony. If you would, mark number 947. 947. Then turn to number 497. Four ninety-seven. Oh. 
glass of water weighs. So, Anthony, do you have an idea of how much this glass weighs? 12 ounces. Cameron? 18 ounces. The fact of the matter is the weight of this glass doesn't really matter. But if I continue to hold it here for a, a, a good long while, it, it might start to hurt my arm. If I hold it a little bit longer, it might even get to where my arm starts feeling a, a little hurt in it. But if I hold this glass of water all day long, then my arm will start to feel numb and even feel paralyzed. You know, the struggles of this life here on earth is much like this glass of water. If we hold on to something that's weighing us down just for a little while, it might hurt a little bit. If we carry it on a little bit longer, it might hurt a lot. But if we hold on to it all day long and all of our lives, it will make us to where we're very numb and feel very paralyzed. Jesus tells us in the Bible, and it's kind of hard to do it with one arm, but uh, he tells us in Matthew uh, the 11th chapter, verse 28. He says, come unto, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn of me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And then, when after we've done that, and we get burdened with the worries of this life, Paul writes in the book of Colossians, Brothers and sisters, if anyone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit. Watch out for yourselves so that you won't also won't be tempted. Carry another's burdens in this way. You will fulfill the law of Christ. I think sometimes when we get to that spiritual, we think it's those who are righteous. I don't think that. I think it gets to the point of when we are spiritually minded. And that should give comfort for those who are dealing with such burdens that they can come to uh, others and allow them to help. So whether you're in a part of your life where you're burdened down with uh, the load of sin that hasn't ever been forgiven, uh, or if you are already a Christian and you're struggling with the burden of this life, the thing we need to remember sometimes 
is just to put the water down and let God's work within our lives. If you are subject to the Lord's invitation tonight, please come as we sing this song. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blessings Thou has given us to come together in this midweek Bible study and be edified and built up and opening Thy Word and looking towards Thy words of wisdom and pray, Lord, that we've looked into it, and Lord, and communed with you, Lord. We pray that we've looked into it and hopefully be built up this week to go out in the world and pray, Lord, that others will see Christ through us. We'll pray that we'll Look to do good unto others. Pray, Lord, that we will do justly. Lord, pray to continue when the opportunity arises to, to do that goodwill. Lord, we're ever so thankful for the opportunity we have to come and serve you. Pray that we'll always be grateful for all that's been done for us. Lord, we pray for the many at camp this week. Lord, we pray for them for their safety. Lord, pray many will be many souls will be saved. Pray, Lord, that thy will be done. Lord, we ask this as we depart from this place, that thou keep us safe, Lord, if it be thy will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.